the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, July the 18th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On July 18, 1969, Senator Edward Kennedy, Democrat from Massachusetts, most of us remember him, he left a party on Chappaquiddick Island. It's near Martha's Vineyard. He left with Mary Jo Kopechny. Mary Jo worked in his office, I think a secretary or an assistant in the uh, senator's office. She was 28 years old. Kennedy was driving his Oldsmobile 98. He drove it off a bridge into a kind of a tide pool, fairly deep, as I would see from the report back then and again today. Kennedy was able to escape. Kopechny drowned. It was always shrouded with a great deal of questions because Kennedy didn't even report that his secretary was in his car in the water, under the water, till the next day. The Kennedy family was an amazing group of people, to say the least. Today in 1536, the English Parliament passed an act declaring the authority of the Pope void in England. Today in 1925, Adolf Hitler published the first volume of his autobiographical screed called Mein Kampf, My Struggle. Today in 1944, Hideki Tojo, he was removed as the Japanese premier and war minister because of setbacks suffered by his country in World War II. I would say that Japan had some setbacks. I would say that's an understatement. But nonetheless, he was removed, wasn't doing a good job. Leaders who are not doing a good job should be removed. We do it by election here in the United States. I don't think Tojo had a, an election or a referendum through the public. But um, hopefully we'll be making some changes here very soon in America as well. Because we're not uh, doing so well. There are setbacks with our leadership as well. Today, in 1947, President Harry S. Truman signed a Presidential Succession Act that placed the Speaker of the House and the Senate President next in line in succession after the Vice President. So should the President be disabled and not able to serve, then the Vice President becomes the President. That's terrifying, isn't it? And if the vice president is unable to serve for any reason, then Nancy Pelosi would become president of the United States. And should Nancy be unable to serve as president of the United States, Chuck Schumer would be, today, would be the president of the United States. That's why we need to pray for our nation fervently, daily. It's amazing. Today in 2005, an unrepentant Eric uh, Rudolph, 
He was sentenced in Birmingham, Alabama, to life in prison for an abortion clinic bombing that killed an off-duty police officer, maimed a nurse. When we say we stand for life, that is not what we're talking about. Today in 2013, Detroit, which was once the very symbol of American industrial might, it became the biggest U.S. city ever to file for bankruptcy. That was the direct result of, number one, by all accounts, except people that are highly political to make a point, but it was leftist democratic governance that took Detroit to that point. And the auto industry was failing and moving out of Detroit, but again, it was due to leadership and leadership alone. There were other factors, but they were not the primary factors. I am absolutely certain of that. Dr. Anthony Fauci announced this morning he's going to retire. Not surprising, he's getting a lot of pushback from a lot of people, even on the left, uh, have been pushing back on him. Democrats have, have been very unhappy with him in recent months. But he's going to retire, but not today. He said he's going to retire at the end of President Biden's term. So that gives him two more years of his half-million-dollar consulting fee, which is what it is, to be in his job as the the guy for the White House. Um, kind of an interesting thing. He's trying to insulate himself. He said in, in his comments this morning, he said he knows the Republicans are going to investigate him if they gain power in the midterm election. But he said, that's not why I'm leaving. I, I think it is, but he says it isn't. There's this growing chorus of people, influential people, certainly the Republicans, none the least of which is Rand Paul, but God bless him, but there are others. But there's also Democrats and people on the left that are calling for Dr. Fauci to step down. There's just too many, there's too many holes in what he's been saying and doing and, and too many things that just the more we learn about it, the more the light is turned on, the more people are saying, I don't know about that. But there's this growing chorus of people that are calling for him to be removed. And so he's trying to get ahead of that. But he's giving himself two more years of his right at a half a million dollar salary. That's on top of all the other money he makes in this industry. And only the Lord knows probably how much he makes and where it all comes from. But nonetheless, he knew he knew what was going on in Wuhan Laboratory. He had been funding with taxpayer dollars from America through his NIH organization, he'd been funding a lot of what was going on. I got to be honest with you, I do a lot of reading, a lot of research, and I was not aware of gain of function uh, until Rand Paul started talking about it and made a big deal about it in front of the world, really. And Fauci got very, very um, protective and very uh, reactive to that, as you recall, because Rand Paul was turning on the light, and I think perhaps I'm not the only just normal guy out here that didn't know about all of that. But when he began, when Rand Paul began to make his case on live television, talking to Fauci face to face and asking him questions, Fauci dodged. He wouldn't. 
He just wouldn't answer. Then he finally just denied it, and he said, well, there was no gain of function. Well, there was gain of function, and that's what created this mess that we're living with, the whole world has lived with. It's gone on and on and on. So, yes, I would say there's probably a lot of people that would like to see Dr. Fauci move on into the, his sunset years and do whatever he's going to do. But he, as I said, he announced today he'll be doing that, but it'll be two more years. But don't bother him, and he's giving everybody signals. There's no need to go after him. He doesn't want the inconvenience of any hearings or any kind of process should the Republicans take control of Congress. And I think they very well might do that. So we'll see what happens. Sometimes we look around ourselves, don't we, in this world, and we look at what's going on and we think, man, you know, what what is happening? Why is God allowing this to happen? Not questioning God so much as just questioning the our situation, the circumstances that we find ourselves in. I think it was in a moment like that, that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Isaiah wrote, it's chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. We know them well. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In Romans chapter 8, Paul Paul is making a very strong statement in Romans chapter 8 about the, the conflicts of evil and good and so on. He says, what, sh- what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's what we need to know. We don't need to understand all that God is doing and how he's doing it and when he's doing it or allowing or not doing it. His ways are higher than our ways. But I can tell you, if God be for us, and he is, who can be against us? God stands with his people. His promises are from cover to cover in the Bible. God is in control. God will never fail, ever, ever fail his people. And if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, his son, Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven, and God is your God. And you are his people. Boy, that's encouraging. In whatever is happening in a personal situation or in the culture, it's so encouraging to know that we are literally in the hands of God. And he cares for us. He loves us. Dr. Bricks. Remember Dr. Bricks? Deborah Bricks, she was kind of Fauci's sidekick. She came out with a new book. It's kind of interesting. I haven't read the book, but I was previewing it over the weekend. I was looking at it a little bit. I found one thing interesting. I just want to tell you about it. I mean, you, it's, you'll say, mm-hmm, that's what I thought. But uh, she didn't get the limelight that Fauci got. She's not getting, she wasn't getting paid as much. I think her salary was for that, just for that particular job. as kind of like the assistant counsel to the president. And I, I understand that Trump, put him in place, but Trump was pushing back real fast as soon as he got to know kind of Fauci and Bricks and where they were coming from. In fact, they say that. But uh, anyway, she didn't get the limelight that, that Fauci has gotten, but she has written a book. And uh, I think she was trying to restore herself with the left, and she is a leftist. There's no question about that. 
but um, she she began to she became she kind of lost favor because she wasn't you know kind of sticking Trump in the back with the media. So she quickly became a media darling when she started doing that. And, you know, the media started liking her and everything. Well, anyway, she came out with this book, and it's entitled Silent Invasion. And then the subtitle is The Untold Story of the Trump Administration, COVID-19 and Preventing the Next Pandemic Before It's Too Late. In there, in the book, and again, I haven't read it, but I've reviewed it, and I've reviewed other people's review of the book who have read the whole thing. I'm not going to buy it, but I wanted to know what it said. But in there, she makes a couple of unbelievable um, revelations. One is she said that she would hide data that was being sent to the states to guide their COVID responses. In other words, states were responding to what she was sending them as far as, you know, the information, because, you know, Bricks and, and Fauci were kind of the king of the hill as far as the pandemic was concerned at that time in the minds of many, not all, but many. So anyway, she she says that in her book, she says there was a process for writing reports. It directly implicates BRICS in kind of um, obfuscating to the the actual data. And, and I mean, she admits to misleading state officials as she was sending this stuff out each week on kind of give each of the governors and the people in the state uh, guidance. Here's what she says in the book. This is a quote. She said, our Saturday and Sunday report writing routine soon became write, submit, revise, hide, resubmit. Fortunately, she said, this strategic sleight of hand worked. Why would she say that? I don't know, but she does. There was motivation for her to engage in this deceptive behavior because she was in favor of these extreme lockdown measures and it wasn't going well and so on. It's another odd feature in her book. She claims to have doubted that the vaccine efficacy from the beginning, she didn't think it would work all that well. She says from the beginning, she never, she said she never saw it as a ticket out of the pandemic. This is because I believe that she believes in lockdowns forever, if necessary. She still claims in the book to have known since October 2020 that the vaccines would not stop infection transmission and would very likely have little durability. She says, quote, if so, all the statements from Fauci, etc., were noble lies? I don't know. Interesting. I was reminded as I was looking at various things that are going on in our world today. I was reminded of a book that Warren Wisby wrote a few years ago on corruption. And he was talking from scripture about corruption in the book. And boy, I'll tell you, although the book was written a while ago, we live in that time today. The Biden administration has sold nearly 6 million barrels of oil from its our strategic petroleum reserve since July of 2021, just over the one year. And he sold a lot of it to the, uh, in fact, the 6 million barrels have gone to Chinese state-run energy firm. And uh, it is at Unipec, and it, that is the trading division of Sinopec. Those two companies are companies that 
of course, Hunter Biden has been connected to and has harvested millions of dollars consulting fees from those companies. Now the president of the United States, Hunter's father, has sent them six million barrels, well, 5.9, almost 6 million barrels of oil. And here we are struggling. Gasoline prices sky high. Well, you talk about corruption. It runs deep with these people. Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband, he uh, bought about $5 million in stocks in a semiconductor company. This came right before the Senate was set to vote on a completion bill. They'll vote this week on a completion bill that will give a $52 billion subsidy to semiconductor industry, including the company that he bought the stock in. He exercised, Paul Pelosi, exercised 20,000 shares worth between a million and five million in Nevada. That's a semiconductor company based in Santa Clara, California. He's been doing that for some time. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, who leads these things and the timing of these kinds of votes, said, no, we don't co-mingle. He doesn't know anything about what I'm doing. And does that sound vaguely familiar? That's what Joe Biden has been saying about Hunter's dealings as well. I'll tell you, when you take a deep breath and you look around yourself, that warm, slushy stuff that you feel up to your armpits is corruption. And as I said, the Bible talks a great deal about that because human beings are have a propensity towards sin. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we have a propensity towards sin. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need the Bible, God's infallible, inerrant word, to guide us. Thy word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our way. We will lose our way every single time. If we don't look to the Lord, to the Lord, to the word of the Lord, and we'll make decisions that are horrible. I mean, they're, they're destructive decisions. And that's what we're seeing here in America today. We can claim to be devout Christians and devout Catholics or whatever. But if we're not following God, we're not devout anything. We are lost and we desperately need help. And when we're leading millions of other people, it's compounded. And that's what we find ourselves in here today. I'm not saying America must have a saint in the Oval Office. I am saying that America's got to have somebody with some sense of common sense and some sense of our founding principles. And our founding principles are biblically based. The people who founded the country and acted on the principles said that's what we're acting on, biblical principles. John Locke's codification and the whole deal was transported and infused into all of our institutions in America. Now we find out this left-wing group linked to billionaire George Soros has won $172 million in a federal contract from President Joe Biden's administration. You know what it's for? It's to help young illegal border crossers avoid deportation from the U.S. after they get here illegally. The Vera Institute of Justice with financial ties to none other than George Soros himself. He funds, he makes up the difference when they don't get the grants they need and when they get them. That's, they've won a federal contract for $171.7 million. It's going to provide attorneys to unaccompanied alien children, UACs they call them, 
to avoid deportation from the United States. The Institute could receive, I was looking at the the documents. I mean, in fact, I linked to it in an article that I wrote today at faithandfreedom.us. That's our website. And right in the budget, I mean, there's there's the money. $171.7 million with the opportunity for as much as a billion dollars from the Biden administration. This administration has a very warped view of compassion. It's not a biblical view of compassion at all. The religious left does not view compassion. They use it as a tool. And I'm talking not about devout Catholics, quote-unquote, and for those of you who miss the irony of that, no, they're not devout. Catholic leaders are saying the president and the Speaker of the House are not devout Catholics. They're standing against what the Catholic Church stands for, particularly on the sanctity of life. But when devout, quote-unquote, wink-wink, devout Christians lead this nation down the path that we're being led down now, that is not compassionate, it's not biblical. These people are getting killed. I mean, the policies that are in place today are killing people, literally, and it's choking and will kill America if it continues. So they put, they, so they gave them money. This Vera Institute of Justice was previously awarded $310 million by the Obama administration. It's amazing. The agreement they have now, this current one, they got this check for $171 million dollars. In March, the, it, it could be renewed, and it could go as high as $983 million, almost a billion dollars, if it's renewed. And there is that provision in the agreement. The Vera Institute is propelled by taxpayer-backed government grants, contracts, like the one they got in March, another one in 2020, in July 2020, and another one in June 30 of 2021. $152 million of the group's $191 million in revenue. And George Soros is standing behind just in case they run out of money. And he's contributed already to them in the past between grants. This nine-figure contract came amid an escalating border crisis that saw more than 239,000 migrant encounters in May alone. Just one month. 239,000 migrant encounters. And that doesn't count those that were not encountered that our authorities, the guys on the border, didn't know about. That's an increase from 12,180 in April. According to Customs and Border Protection, CBP, there was an average of 692 minors in the agency's custody during the month of May. So far, there have been more than 100,000 unaccompanied minor encounters in the fiscal year of 2022. That started in October compared to 147 the year before and 33,000 the year before. It all comes down to leadership. Soros open borders globalism is not Christian compassion. And that's what Joe Biden, President Biden, is acting on. And they're acting on it under the guise of Christian compassion. Soros doesn't claim to be Christian. Biden does, but neither are acting on Christian principles. Thousands of illegals will be detained at the American Hebrew Academy campus in Greensboro. The campus, I saw pictures of it. I've been in Greensboro. I've spoken to churches there, but I haven't seen this campus. But man, the pictures I saw of it, it looks like, I mean, it looks like an Ivy League school. So they're all going to go there and they're going to get, you know, first class treatment. But thousands of illegals are going to be detained at this 
American Hebrew Academy campus in Greensboro. The Biden administration's so-called progressive policies are responsible for the massive surge in migration. These guys create problems, and then they they come out as kind of the person appointed to solve all the problems we have when they're creating the problems in the first place, their policies. That's how convoluted our culture has become. That's why it's so important that we have proper policies. Then we don't have these issues that they're now here to solve and help you with. This Vera Institute of Justice seeks to, according to their own words, end mass incarceration. They say they're going to do that by cutting down on the number of jails, prisons, and detention centers in the United States. In other words, if you take the speed limit signs down on I-5 or whatever, you'll never have anyone that speeds again. (laughs) I don't know. The group has also signaled support for defunding the police. Biden's policies literally are killing people. At the end of last month, Americans were horrified, or we should have been, by headlines out of San Antonio. For one, In one case, 53 migrants dead in an abandoned tractor trailer. More than a dozen were hospitalized. Four of them were little kids. Authorities say there's more than 60 people were crammed into the trailer with no air conditioning, ventilation, no food, no water. I mean, and left in there, and six, 53 of them were dead. I mean, it's amazing. Heartbreaking news from Texas is the bloodiest instance of human trafficking, but there are many. It's not unique. In late June near Laredo, Texas, a human smuggler evading the law enforcement crashed his vehicle into a semi-truck, killed himself, four other illegal immigrants. In Kinney County, Texas, a migrant was killed, six others hurt in a rollover accident. It goes on and on and on. Literally, these policies are killing people. They're killing the people seeking freedom and and prosperity illegally by coming into the United States, but it's killing the country as well. In May alone, 1,100 pounds of fentanyl, which is deadly, more than 249 deadly doses, uh, 249 million deadly doses, more than 10,000 pounds of methamphetamine were seized at the southern border. It's pouring across. It's amazing. I'll tell you, we're facing some challenging times. And that's why it's so important that we look at what's happening. We've got to be informed. Otherwise, we will be misled. But we've got to be informed with the understanding that God Almighty is in control. He's the creator of all things. He is above all things. His ways are higher than our ways. We cannot understand sometimes what's going on and why it's going on. That's when we set back, we take a deep breath, and we say, Almighty God, who was and is and forevermore shall be, you are in control. You truly are the God of the universe. You look into the sky on a clear night, if you get one depending on where you live, and see millions, billions of stars. Those didn't evolve. They didn't big bang into existence. God spoke them into existence because God is in control. He is almighty God. And we look at our craziness here on this earth and in our own culture, and we know that God is still in control. Thanks for being with me today, and thank you for helping us with our 
unexpected or not unexpected, but our one-time uh, law legal bill. Uh, I've mentioned it several times, and we won't be mentioning it anymore. But we're not there yet. But you're helping, and we're getting there. So thank you so much, and thank you for your regular support. Box three nine nine Bellevue nine eight zero zero nine. See you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.